Where shall I go then from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I climb up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Levi, um, Priscilla, and Ruth. I love you so very much. Do you know this? And to see the love that you three and your little brother Joseph have for Samuel is inspiring. And we know that you miss him too. And Jennifer, I love you. And the Lord is going to sanctify the pain and the suffering. And Levi, Priscilla, Ruth, do you believe in the resurrection? Amen. Jennifer, do you believe? Yeah, me too. As Christians, we are not immune to the pangs of death, to the sting that sin brought into this world, the death of our beloved Samuel, a little boy whose eyes were not open to this world, the pain, the sadness, sorrow is deep. We have felt the pangs of death. I've seen it on the face of my children, the face of my wife, as she, through the pangs of labor, brought into the world our stillborn son. I've seen it on the face of family, of friends, of our church family, we are hurting. Death entered the world through sin. It has inverted all things that are good and right as God had created them. A great inversion, a wicked inversion. After Samuel was born, as we held him and cried, Jennifer said, it's all just so wrong, isn't it? coming into the world, not with life, but death. It is wrong. Lest we become immune to it as Christians, it is wrong. It is not the way that our Lord created the world. We weep, we mourn, we hurt. I'm reminded that our blessed Lord Jesus himself also mourned and felt the pangs of death of a loved one, for he weeped at Lazarus' death. He felt the pain, the sorrow, the grief. Even he himself 
wept. But beloved, we know that Jesus not only felt the sorrow of death for his beloved Lazarus, he too would enter into death for us. Our pain, our suffering, our loss leads us to the cross of Christ. I was able to build the coffin for sweet Samuel. And my dad, thank you for coming to nail that shut um, yesterday. And I placed my parishioner had given me a crucifix that was in my office, a small one. And I took Samuel's hands and he's grasping the crucifix as we nailed that shut. For our Lord entered into death too so that we might have life, so that Samuel might have life. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with death, entering into it for our sake, for Samuel's sake, for Albert's sake, for Chris's sake. Dad, for your younger sister that was stillborn, for her sake. For those of you who think of your loved ones who have died in Christ, our Lord took it all for them so that they too might live as he lives now. For even in the midst of suffering and death, we have hope, don't we? Our children were able on the inside of the casket of the lid to take a wood burner and to write some things and to draw some pictures um, on the inside of the casket at the house. And Levi, I still remember the three hearts that you drew in your phrase, I love you, Samuel. And Priscilla, I remember what, what you drew. You drew the bridge from sin to heaven. And she drew Samuel's little body in the coffin in between the sin and heaven. And little Ruth, the staircase that you drew with the door at the top as Samuel was ascending to the communion of saints in light. And Jennifer, your words, when I asked you what you were going to write, and you wrote, Dear Samuel, I love you. I'm going to miss you every day until I see you again. You see, it's the until that hurts, isn't it? It's the until that we have to live in. The waiting, the suffering, and the pain. But I want to tell you this morning, even in the midst of tears, beloved, though we wait in the until, there is an again. There is an again. There is an again because Jesus himself has passed through death and is alive even now. There is an again. As Jennifer and I have been thinking through just the pain and the suffering that not only we have gone through, but many of you 
Many of you here have lost children, have lost fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. And Emma, even you, my sister, losing a friend. You see, we think we want sentiment. And we need sentiment to some extent. We need people to come in our lives and say, we love you, it's going to be okay. We, sentiment is okay, but even sentiment itself is passing away. Beloved, what we want even more than sentiment is the truth. And the truth is that Samuel, our dear son, your dear brother in Christ, is alive even now. That's the truth. And if you will let it, and Jennifer, I'm speaking to you and to my blessed children, if we will let that truth wash over us, that Jesus rose from the dead and Samuel is alive even now with him, it will sanctify our suffering. I know many of you come here mourning with us, weeping with us, but you're thinking about the ones that you have lost too. Some of you have bottled that up. Maybe you have, in anger at God, have run from him. Maybe you have hid your suffering. Let me tell you to give it over to the Lord. Give it over to him, and he will sanctify it. And as he sanctifies that suffering in your life, my beloved brothers and sisters, that hope, that hope of resurrection is going to be made real as ever in your life. I'm reminded of Samuel the prophet's words when Eli came to him. Finally, at the very end, Samuel uttered, these words, speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. I can't help but think our Lord came to Samuel in your womb and said it is time to come home. And Samuel in his way said, speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. And for you out there, my bro beloved brothers and sisters, that are weeping because of death. I want you to pray this afternoon and this evening. Say, speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening, and he will speak to you, and he will sanctify your suffering in this life and give you that hope eternal. Let me conclude with two things, brothers and sisters. The first is this. In a moment, we will come to the table of Holy Communion, that thin place where we will receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. That thin place where by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are going to get a taste of that great banquet to come in the end of all time. I pray that as you partake of it, that the Lord will strengthen your faith and your hope in the resurrection. And finally, let me say this. The last verse of this is my Father's world that we will sing at the end of this service on the 
recessional hymn says this. This is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. And the prophet Isaiah gave us a glimpse of what it's going to look like when heaven and earth are one. Let me close with the prophet's words. As you think about Samuel, as you think about the own, your own losses and death and grief, remember what's to come. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people will be taken away from all the earth. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.